on this edition of Life on the Run. When you have that hope, when that is sealed deep within your heart, everything changes because you are not thinking about this moment, but you're thinking about eternity. Life moves fast, and we don't often take a moment to hit the brakes and slow down. Do you want to take your life and your faith to the next level? Join Pastor Dale Sism as he shines a light on what it truly means to love God, serve people, and share Christ in your area of influence. This is Life on the Run, a weekly podcast designed to help more people find true life in Jesus Christ. There is more to life than this life. And I really, really believe that, that what God has planned for us, what God has prepared for us is, is so much bigger and broader than even what this life has contained. We live in such a short time span in comparison to eternity. Eternity is a really, really long time if you haven't figured that out. Uh, and uh, we live in a short time span. If you only make it to 70, 80, 90, maybe even 100 years old, that is still such a short time span compared to eternity. I was watching a an interview uh, this last weekend about a lady who was 110 years old. And it was just a remarkable event, and her family was gathered there. There was a news reporter there and asked this lady, what is her secret to success of becoming 110 years old? And her answer was, I take as many naps as I can. <laughs> I like that idea. I like that. Some of you are going to start this morning. But if you could just wait for about half an hour, that would be great. As followers of Jesus, we have this, what we call a blessed hope. It's, it's the hope of heaven. It's the hope of eternity, that, that there is more to life than this life, that there is a, a, a heaven that we all head to as followers and believers of Jesus. And when you have that hope, when that is sealed deep within your heart, everything changes. Your perspective changes, your thinking changes, your attitudes change, uh, how you conduct and live your life, it changes. Because you are not thinking about this moment, but you're thinking about eternity. As a pastor, I'm often invited into into the, the joyous occasions of people's life. It may be a wedding, it may be the birth of a child, a dedication of that child, or some important event in that family. But there are also times where I'm invited into the heartbreaks of people's lives, the heartbreak moments when someone loses a loved one. And it's in those moments, and if you've ever been to a funeral, it's in those moments where where we really do pause and stop and think about eternity. In fact, studies show that at least 96% of the people feel that there is or believe that there is an afterlife. They may not know what it is. Some people have some distorted views. Maybe I'm going to come back as a cow or whatever it may be. But at least there's this view that there's something beyond this life, that this life matters. And that there is something beyond this life. 
And I believe that this life does matter. And how we live it and how we, how we walk it through really does matter for an eternity. So it makes sense that Jesus and the New Testament uses heaven as a motivation for living here on earth. So let, let's walk through some scriptures. And that's what I want to do this morning, kind of more of a Bible study of just what does the Bible say about eternity this morning. Here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul is writing and he says this. He says, command those who are rich in this present world, in this present world world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. In other words, may it can go as quick as it comes, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Sometimes people think, well, if I'm so, if I'm a Christian, then I'm supposed to not enjoy life. I'm supposed to walk around like I've been sucking on green persimmons my whole life. I have a frown on my face and I'm not to enjoy anything at all. Now God allows us to enjoy life. Someone was sharing the other day, not only does God give us the ability to eat and to have food, but to enjoy it as well. Enjoy the, the, the many flavors and robustness of food and, and to enjoy pizza and coffee and cilantro and uh, tomatoes and come on, anybody else with me? Chocolate. But to enjoy, he gives us everything for our enjoyment. And then he says, command them to do good. So to do who? Who to do good? Those who have been blessed with everything. Who's been blessed with everything? Everyone's been blessed with everything. You, you wake up in the morning and you breathe air, you are blessed. Command them to be good to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So he's speaking to people in this present age to lay up treasures for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that. There is a life beyond this life, and you want to invest in that life. My job as a pastor, yes, it's to walk with people through the joyous occasions and the heartbreak moments, but my number one job description is to prepare you for the next life, to prepare you for eternity, for what is coming, the coming age. So when we... When we concentrate on that, it changes everything. It changes our perspective. And, and we need to direct all of our thoughts and our energies and our focus and our attitudes, our possession, our resources, our strength toward heaven. How do we do that? Let me give you four ways this morning. Number one is this. Be, because heaven, not earth, is my home. Because heaven, not earth, 
is my home. In other words, I'm not really living here. I'm just passing through. I'm a sojourner. That's an, that's an old word that we don't use very often, but I'm just passing through this earth. My citizenship is in heaven. I'm an ambassador from heaven living here on earth. And I'm just passing through. And sometimes we look at our life and we see the struggles and the heartaches and the, and the troubles and the pressures of life that we walk through. And we think that this is the end. I'm just going to, my life has no future. No, this is just a moment in time. This is just temporary. Life is so temporary. Why? Because I'm just passing through. That's why Jesus said, don't be discouraged. In my father's house are many rooms and I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you so that when I come back, I can take you with me. In other words, God is preparing a place for us in the coming age. So the real solutions to life problems are, are, are not here, but they are there. And we need to get that perspective in our heart. But I think the problem that many of us have is that the better we have it here, the less we think about there. The better we have it here, the less we think about there. And the more that we think that this is really life. Because look at all of this stuff that I have. But the real life is still coming. It's still there. Paul wrote this in Philippians 3. He says, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, he says. In other words, everything is about this life. Everything is about filling up this life. And then he says, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So heaven, not earth, is our home. Number two is this. Because the line is longer than the dot. The line is longer than the dot. That, that phrase comes from a Randy Alcorn book called Treasures in Heaven. And, and he calls it the treasure principle. He says, we're living in the dot right now. In other words, again, it doesn't matter how long you live. It's only a dot in compared to eternity. And we are heading for the line. We're heading for eternity. And that line is long and it is infinite. It goes on forever and ever and ever where there is no time. And that's why the Bible praises people who view their lives in that way, that they are looking with an eternal purpose rather than a temporal purpose. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. He says, people who live like this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. They were after a far better country than that, a heaven country. And you can see why God is so proud of them. And he has a city waiting for them. God has prepared a heaven and a destiny for us. And I think some of the reason why many of us struggle with this is because we think earth is better than what heaven is. And, and many of the reasons is because we've been taught a bad theology about heaven. Many of us get this image because we've seen it in pictures that we're just going to be fat naked cherubs sitting on a cloud somewhere playing a harp. 
Let me tell you, that's not heaven, that's hell. I don't plan to be a naked cherub sitting on a cloud somewhere. (laughs) Heaven is going to be so much better. In fact, you're not even going to spend eternity in heaven. Jesus said that, that he's building a new heaven and a new earth. One where the lion can lay down with the lamb and the child can play with the cobra. There truly will be peace on earth. No road construction. Amen. The Vikings will win the Super Bowl. Heaven on earth. Heaven is going to be way better than earth. Way better. The line is longer than the dot. Number three, because there's limited time. There's a limited time and incredible opportunity here on earth. There's limited time that we have, but there's also incredible opportunity. Everyone on earth has limited time. God has appointed our time. And the older I get, the more I realize how precious time is. I've already lived more than half of my life. The majority of my life has been before me than what is yet to remain here on earth. I spent most of my life in the building phase. I'm now in the finishing phase, and I want to finish well with what that which God has entrusted to me. So there's limited time, but there has never been more opportune time in history than what there is right now. More opportune opportunities to proclaim the gospel and the good news right now than there ever has been in the history, in the history of the world. And so what do we need to do? Paul said this in Ephesians 5. He says, be careful then how you live. In other words, pay attention how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Another translation said, because the days are short. So we make the most of every opportunity that God gives us, believing that, that God put us where we live on purpose. That where we live on our street, in our city, where we work, everything about us, God has a plan and a purpose. It is not by accident. And so we make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. Number four is this, because it's just wise. He says, don't live as unwise, but live as wise. So we do this, we live this way because it is wise. Jesus used this as a motivation for us. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said this, Do not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where our treasures are, that's where our heart is. In other words, what you invest into is where your heart will be. And where your heart is, that's where you will invest into. If your heart's here on earth, you'll invest in earth. You invest in earth, that's where your heart is. But if your heart is in heaven, you invest in heaven. And where you invest, that's also where your heart is. 
you will think about eternity. So how do we do this? How do we live this way? Jesus used this parable with his disciples to best illustrate this. In Luke chapter 12, he told them this parable. He says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. In other words, he was rich and he kept getting richer. And he thought to himself, well, what should I do now? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will be able to store all of my stuff, all of my surplus, all of the things that I have gathered and all of the things I've gained. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. So why don't you just retire, take it easy, put up your feet, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you prepared for yourself? In other words, who's going to get your stuff? This is how it'll be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Amen, brother. <laughs> this man thought that because he had a lot of stuff, he had a lot of time. Because he had a lot of stuff, he had a lot of time. I'll take it easy. I'll retire. So how do we become rich toward God? Jesus said this man isn't rich toward God. So how do we become rich toward God? In a closing time, let me give you four quick ways and we'll close. Number one is this. Give myself to God. I have to give myself to God. Jesus isn't asking for your stuff. Sometimes we think that, oh, the church just wants my stuff. Jesus just wants my stuff. The pastor just wants my stuff. No, God is wanting you. He's more interested in you than anything else. And when you give him you, you're not giving him a part of you. You're giving him all of you. You're giving him everything you have, everything you are. Because not a portion of me is mine. All that I have belongs to him. So, God, take, take my life. Take my wife. Take my kids. Please take my kids. <laughs> take everything, God. Take my business, take my job, take my possessions. Everything, God, is yours. Because I realize that nothing I have is mine. It all belongs to you anyway, God. My family isn't mine. My home isn't mine. My church isn't mine. Every, every Sunday I have this, this discipline that I do. Before I come out here, I take a moment, I stop in my office, and I just kneel quickly and I pray this prayer. God, I cannot do this without you. I can't do this without you. I need you more than anything in my life. I just need you. I give myself to you. Number two. Actually, let's look at this verse. 1 Corinthians 6 says, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with all you have. Number two, act like a steward, not an owner. Act like a steward, 
not an owner. Stewardship is a word we really don't use a lot today. It just really means manage. Manage what God has given to you because all that we have belongs to God. That's called stewardship. We manage what God has given us. Psalm 24 puts it this way. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to God. Sometimes people say, no, I'm the one who built my life. Well, here's what God says about that. Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirm his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as to today. No one can say, I worked really hard. It's all mine. Or no one can say, I'm a self-made millionaire. No one can do that. Because the very air that we breathe when we wake up in the morning is God-given. Everything we have is God's. You say, well, I build houses. No, God built the trees so that you could have the wood to build the houses. God put the steel in the ground so that you can make, or put iron in the ground so you can make steel. God put everything in this earth for us. He gives us the ability to do with it what he entrusts with us to do. God provides everything. I heard a funny story about a scientist and God were arguing one day or having a debate. And the scientist said, God, we really don't need you anymore. We... Science has been able to do everything you can do. We can create, we can make, we can invent, we can even make man. We don't even need you, God. So God says, all right, well, let's just have a little contest. Let's see who can make man the best. So God said to the scientists, you start first. So the man scooped down to gather up some dirt to take it back to the laboratory to make man. And God said, "Uh uh-uh, you get your own dirt. Everything we have comes from God. The air we breathe, the food we eat, it's all his. And so we just steward it. We steward what God has given us. Number three, view everything in the le- through the lens of eternity. See people through the lens of eternity. Don't look at people and say, oh, they're hopeless. There's no future for them. See people through the lens of eternity. See life through the lens of eternity. Don't view life through your problems. Oh, this is the way it is. This is the way I'll always be. View life through the lens of eternity. Hebrews says this, talks about Moses. Hebrews 11 says, Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He looked at life through the lens of eternity. Life is such a short time, but Christ is your great reward. Lastly, number four, be intentional. Be intentional about living. Be intentional with your life. Don't just have a que-sera-sera moment. Whatever will be, will be. Just live life on purpose. Live life with an intentionality. 
of how you live and how you store up treasures in heaven. One of our values here on earth, even as we receive offerings and we, as we trust God with that which he provides us, is that we never manipulate, we never coerce, we always just ask people to pray and plan. What, what would God have me do? How would God want me to use his resources for his kingdom work? That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, last verse, he said, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you from sob stories and arm twisting. I love the Bible. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. We have limited time on earth, but we have incredible opportunities. I think of the opportunities that God has given us through the years, but I also look forward to the opportunities that God has in store ahead of us. Wouldn't it be great if we filled this place and a hundred new people came to faith in Christ? Wouldn't it be great if we had two services or we were able to plant another church like we did a few years ago up in St. Francis? Wouldn't it be great of all of the things that God has given us in our future if we could just walk it out, be intentional with it? In two weeks... On October 20th, we're going to have a short time after the service. We're going to have a quick lunch and then a quick meeting. We're going to have what we're calling our 2020 vision. Just laying out incentives and laying out um, initiatives, what we have for the future. It'll be right after the service and we're going to feed you well and, and, uh, and we're going to have our leadership team just share some exciting things for the future. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what God is going to do. And I don't want us to miss the opportunity of what God has for us because it's going to be good. There's a dear friend of mine that always would end his message with and the best is yet to be. I believe that. So let's store up treasures in heaven. Someone once said, you will miss what you waste. You will miss what you spend foolishly. Anybody ever had that? But here's my declaration. I will never miss what I invest in eternity. I will never miss what I invest in eternity. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Life on the Run. Find show notes, video, and much more on our website at eplife.org. Join our Facebook community at eplife.org forward slash Facebook. To support the work and ministry of Life Church, head to eplife.org forward slash giving. Life Church is located in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And our weekly services are at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And join us next week for Life on the Run podcast so that you can leave your mark on the world by hitting the brakes, increasing your faith, and living out your life for Christ.